Hail and welcome to episode 21 of the new Outriders podcast. We've taken a nine-month vacation from the podcast, but we are back this week. Uh, with me, as always, is co-host Lass Arian. How are you doing, Lass? Uh, doing great, Tal. Thanks. Good to be back after our long hiatus. Hail Noir. And we finally bit the bullet and decided to make Lord Tundra uh, a permanent co-host as well. How are you doing, Tun? Hey, everyone. Uh, doing great. Uh, this is the uh, first news that I've heard. Uh, I thought it was just another uh, fancy guest. No, sorry, but you've been drafted. What's I was about again? to say, now I've been drafted. Let him know. Yeah, once again, he's been drafted, sucked into something he never agreed to. He really should have signed the Nor Selective Service card um, when he was squired. Oh, well, I guess I'll make do. Well, thanks again, though, for having me. Um, uh, looking forward to some future episodes. And this one. Ahead. And uh, our guest tonight with us uh, right now is Imaltis of Arcage. He's played just about everything Nor's ever been on, I think. And Jara will be joining us later also of Arcage. How are you doing tonight, Imaltis? Good, thanks. Glad to be here. As I said in the opening, we haven't been here since January. Um, that wasn't intentional. That was just a conflux of things in all our lives. You know, Lass and I have babies summer came along, everybody's got jobs, everybody's got stuff to do, and we just kind of went nine months, and, you know, it took last saying, hey, it's been too long, let's do this again, and so now we're back. I miss doing it. I, that was really it, as I, I realized how much I enjoyed doing it. I was listening to one of the older episodes the other day, and I just said, we really need to get back into this. Yeah, I had a couple family weddings, um, two weeks apart. Uh, two weeks ago and a month ago, and I realized, you know, I'm a I'm a stay-at-home dad right now. I realized how little time I spent talking to people oh, right. <laughs> with, with my mouth. Uh, I talk to people with my keyboard a lot, but with my mouth is very, very few and far between at this point. So I'm glad that you you pushed us to get back onto this. I'm glad everybody came back so readily. I'm, I'm glad that we're here doing this now. So, since, you know, we've been gone, we've got a new branch. Arc Age is currently up. Uh, they're still provisional, like her, correct? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Provisional barony, I believe. Still, yes. But I think they're they're coming up on provisional county, I believe, size-wise. Yep, I think that might come up on Sunday. So, congratulations, Amaltus, on Arc Age. And uh, that's kind of, I'm hoping to sort of, that we're going to sort of show, showcase Arc Age tonight, your branch, and get people listening about it and, and talking about it and, and generate some more interest for you. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. And, you know, next week we'll have Duchess Sayella from Elder Scrolls Online on, or not next week, next podcast. Um, we'll have yeah. Duchess Sayella yeah. from, from Elder Scrolls Online on. She can break up this sausage fest. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll highlight ESO next time. Um, Lord Avon, after 14 years on the High Council, has has stepped down. Yeah, I can um, hardly believe it. Well, you know, um, Ed came back, and you know, Tundra was promoted to the High Council. So, I mean, when there was only you know you, Roxanne, Yavul, and Avon, it would have been it would have been really hard for anybody to step down for any reason, whether it's time constraints or anything. Leaving only three people there would have been tough. But sure. with Ed and Ton coming back, you know, now you've got a healthier number of people, and it's a little. It's probably a little easier for somebody to walk away knowing that there's still people there. Fourteen years is a long time. 
I gotta say, and, and we're talking continuous, like he never, there was no breaks in between, no LOAs, no nothing. I mean, yeah, it was 14 years from the get-go. That and is, like every Sunday, that that can get yeah, <laughs> pretty dedicated. Yeah, that's that's a lot of Sundays. That's it is. It is. Oh, I mean, there were certainly times where the high council meetings were once a month, or they were less frequent than they are now. But yeah, I mean, you're still talking about 14 years, and some of those years were hard years. I got to tell you, I have. You're going to think I'm nuts, but I, I have actually read all of the high council minutes as far back as they go, and uh, some of those meetings and some of those high councils were just. Well, they're completely foobar. There were some dark years in there, and there were some some personalities that were maybe a little too tied to a specific branch um, back in the day. But now I think it's it's a little healthier. You guys aren't tied to your specific branches. You don't have your little pet projects. Yeah, we see a lot more floating around nowadays. Uh, and our big push with the uh, Unity events uh, a year or two back really got people thinking multi-game killed. Yeah, this is another thing we got away from that I really both enjoyed and I think the members benefited from, and also uh, the lack of drama, frankly, has sort of led to this kind of quiet, you know, our meetings are essentially, well, they're pretty dull, frankly, and that's the way I like them. <laughs> I think uh, last week took about five to six minutes. Yeah, well, it's Walking Dead season, so Rocks pushed us along right through there. Oh, sure, sure. It is the highest-rated show on television. Scripted show. Well, there we go. So that's that's your news on Avon. Um, uh, that is, yeah. And what else? We've got coming X-Packs for Star Wars and for Warcraft. I'm hoping mid-December uh, we're going to get... Uh, I'm going to ask Quilin and uh, Ziera to pop on the show for us for a couple of minutes to discuss their particular realms and their take on the X-Packs as they come up. Yep, and Camelot Unchained is in pre-alpha. Um, previously, this was labeled as internal testing. Um, some of the Kickstarter tiers actually had access to internal testing. Um, anybody with alpha access um, gets access to the pre-alpha, so I have access to the pre-alpha. Oh, do you? So I, I had no idea. The guild, the guild account doesn't, but I had my own donation separate from the guild one. And oh, right, I didn't even know it was an option. Yep. I was surprised so. to learn that you guys even had the access at all, regardless of your... So yeah, I, I've got the pre-alpha. It's an engine test. It's not. It's not a gameplay test. Um, Camelot Unchained is doing a lot of things differently than MMOs have in the past. Like, if an archer fires at you, the projectile it tracks through the air like a magic spell would. Because if it just went straight and then you stepped to the side slightly and it missed you, that would be annoying. But the projectiles do actually fire through the air and track. So if somebody steps between you and your target, they'll get hit. If you put a rock between you and your target, the rock will get hit. Um, and that's all server-side physics stuff. So that's the big push on like engine testing right now. Because you know client-side, and that would be too easy to hack and fool. So it's server-side yeah. testing. In a live you know PvP MMO environment, it's, quite frankly, it's something that's... It's new. Um, so that's what the pre-alpha is all about, things like that. Well, it sounds great. I mean, I wish we could hear more about it, but I know you guys are under an agreement not to disclose. Yeah, well, there's not really much to say with that one. Um, I mean, we can't share the footage, but even in the pre-alpha, like, they have classes, but they're not the actual game classes. They just have generic mage, warrior, healer, archer. 
Um, their their abilities aren't even labeled. It's like weak attack, strong attack. You know, it's just you know everything is a placeholder. But you can see how it will all come together later. Sure. Cool. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, Joker before, uh, and I, we don't have to stay on this too long. Joker had uh, was one of our longtime members. He ran into some uh, some personal issues, and I just wanted to commend our members for stepping up and uh, helping out a fellow member uh, in a very real way. Uh, I'm not going to disclose the nature of the issue. I'm not going to disclose you know what happened. I'm just going to say um, I was very impressed by our members who immediately responded uh, and helped out a guy who just needed a hand. So well done, everybody, and I'll I'll leave it there. Yeah, I remember when that came up. Um, it was actually shortly after I got laid off, so I wasn't able to do anything myself. But yeah, several people stepped up, and it was it was a nice thing to see. Nora's been around for a long time, and I don't think you get that in a lot of guilds. No, I don't believe so either. I think this that's pretty unique. Uh, we have also lost a member this year. Uh, Viscount Treble passed away. I, uh, I, you know, I meant to check. Wh- it was back in August, I believe. Does anybody remember? I think it was. Uh, no, I think I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of details what happened or, or why, um, but uh, I, you know, we added his name to the to the memorial, and I contacted uh, one of his friends in the hopes of getting some more information about him so we could post it on the memorial, but I haven't heard back from him yet. I played most, in terms of time spent, I played a lot of Dark Age of Camelot with Trouble. Um, his main character was a, a verbal warden named Chardock. Um, we had pretty much a standard group going just about every night. Um, Lakasha, her sister, um, Alina, Trouble, myself... Uh, Bullvine, Ravon, um, really? Vashile, just about every, I mean, this, I mean, most of us didn't have headsets or anything at the time, so it was all, you know, typing, oh, yeah. typing to talk and all that, but yeah, w- w- that was probably the most active, regular group I've ever had within, within Nor. Um, oh, he oh. did, he did the least talking of anybody in that group, but he was right. our faithful warden. Um, yeah, he was, he was always a cranky old man, even when he wasn't. <laughs> you know, I I, ho- I hope to be there one day. I guess last in the news list, we've got uh, a little bit of a half-assed facelift on the website that I have not yet finished. I've been chipping away at it a piece at a time. I realize it's ugly and it's nasty to look at. I apologize for that, but I've, it's why I've been dying to do it, and I've been trying to get it done where, I, where and when I can. We have... Um, have an online application bug. I don't know what's going on. Suddenly, the uh, validation codes um, for uh, applying are—they just simply stopped working. I don't know why. You're not supposed to be able to even hit the apply button if you haven't entered a character name, but it's allowing people to do so. So we're getting a lot of blank applications, and, and that's why because the validation has stopped working, and I haven't tracked down why yet. I thought it was just spam that was creating uh, the blank caps. Uh, initially, I thought it was as well, but I'm, I was starting to hear that people were actually filling out the applications, leaving the character field blank. So I tried it a couple of times myself, and I was actually able to override the validation just by hitting apply the button apply a couple of times, and uh, it would send on the application. It would be completely blank. Wow. Or Bummer. it would it would 
send partial information or no information at all. So somebody might actually have tried to apply in good faith, and we may simply lose their info. Well, that's never good. That's no, no. I take uh, I take umbrage. Sorry, I take umbrage with your assertion that your new website is ugly. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not gonna. It's not perfect. Uh, the modular design is a huge improvement over what you had before. Um, but other than the the weird blue background in the fields and the fact that the borders are a little too thick, I think it's it's, <laughs> it's very well. It's it's right on track. It's fitting on my iPad a lot better. I thought Tal has been yelling at me about the width since I posted it the original site, so I decided I'd, it was probably time to get that down to where it was supposed to be. I, I complained about the width largely of the forum for a long, long time because it was the only website I ever went to where I had to change the size of Firefox. Um, I don't browse. Well, I don't browse with my Windows maximized, and it just it annoyed the bejesus out of me. Oh well, it's, now it's fixed, right? Yes, it's lovely. Okay, well, I'm glad you like the new design for the most part. <laughs> and we have a new store, and I thought I'd let Tundra talk about that. I did want to mention that we have a, a different method of using the store now instead of the old one that we had. Uh, yeah, and I've unfortunately been pretty slack, and I was hoping to get a bunch of uh, back-to-school items up there uh, back in August, and uh, I have not. But we have switched over to a cafe press, so if there is any type of item that you would like a NOR logo on or... Some NOR-themed piece of gear, let me know, and we can custom make it and throw it up there pretty quickly. I was tinkering around the other day, actually, and I added a couple of categories and a few items just for the giggle factor. Oh, great, perfect, because I I have a few more ideas to to get up there, and I was wanting to do it every, you know, once a newsletter, throw up something new, and uh, it's not quite happened. It's been a very busy fall. So I, I've got a, in that vein. I've got a challenge to all of you listeners. Um, design a university-themed hoodie around the Nor logo and name, and send it to Tundra so he can get it on the store. Um, you know, it would have the logo like a university crest with the name spelled out, that kind of thing. You've all seen university hoodies before, so somebody designed I had that. that on the old store. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I wasn't buying stuff then. <laughs> I'm buying stuff now. We need. I want one. Oh, I just. Okay. I need. It's, get, it's getting cold again, so I need more hoodies. Honestly, I thought nobody liked it, so that's why I didn't. Oh, you know, well, why see, I, I need a, a, a toboggan, so that will probably be one of the next things I get put up there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretty much use it for my own personal store at this point. Everything I I've put up there, I've bought so far. Tundra, Tundra's like, I want that, so I'm going to put it on Cafe Press so they make it for me. And then I think that's how these things get built. Yeah. All right, that's it for Guild News, as far as you know, the actual news portion goes. Now it's fun stuff. Birthdays. Yeah. In the next month, um, we have a lot of them: Coremus, Sayella, Grimblade, Tobra, Vassinar, Hugh Badax, which is one of my favorite names. Uh, Kinless, uh, Magnafangax, Skyleth, Lelenia, one of my old friends, uh, Holly CNY, Rizarnox, Icav, and Zealot. That's a lot of people having birthdays in the next. That is a lot of people having birthdays. Yeah. I, I asked last when he put the list together, is that, you know, everybody since January or is that just the next 30 days? Because if it was everybody since our last podcast, it would be half the guild. More than half the guild. It would be three quarters of the guild. Uh, yeah, it would be a lot more people, I'm sure. Quite a yes. few, because so we're up to about 
almost 500 uh, names and emails for uh, various newsletters and stuff. So we've we've gotten a lot of people over the last couple of years since we started tracking that stuff. It's about 360-odd so registered on the forums now. So Nice. Too many promotions to talk about since the last podcast. Um, just like there would have been too many to list all the birthdays. Check out the promotion sections of the forum. Yep. Lots of new officers, lots of new squires, lots of new knights, a couple new champions. Um, we got it all. Barons, counts, the yep. whole thing. Probably a, there's a, at least a duchess in there. I, there may be. Yep, there probably is. Um, speaking of a duchess, uh, Zaira is the third NOR member to cross 2,500 posts on the new forum. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, so, congratulations, Zaira. She is slowly catching up to me. She is 61 posts behind me, and... Uh, Probably only 66 or 65 from me, because yeah, you caught up you're, with me. You're, you're six ahead of me, so 61, 67 ahead of, you know, behind you. So, she's lacked, you know, leading a branch, so I imagine she'll destroy us both. Yeah, she's going to do that 60 catch-up in about a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, she took over the uh, the posting of the events, so that's that's like instant fame right there. <laughs> yeah, see, when you were catching up to me the first time, I accused you of cheating because you kept posting <laughs> events all the time. Like, why don't you just let your dungeon master do that? Well, I was the dungeon master. Yeah, for a while. I know. That was, that, <laughs> it, that's that's why. That's why you were the dungeon master. You wanted to beat me in post count. Of course. Oh, we also have a, a list of newest members on the boards. Uh, Recently, 420, Omnichrome, Silent Echoes, Ramus, uh, Jenea, I may be saying that wrong, Jal, Calamando, Clays, Chris, and Telnatia. Now, I, I love that in that string of names, there's just a dude named Chris. <laughs> Guy named Chris, yep. Now, I think Silent Echoes has been with us in the past, because that name is so familiar. But I was trying to look for it the other day, and I could not, could not find it. But I, I know... That name is familiar. Just oh, right. based oh. on that screen name, I'm going to say that Silent Echoes is a fan of either the Silent Hill games or the Resident Evil games. That game, that name just strikes me as a fan of survival horror <laughs> video oh, games. Oh, okay. So, I'm going to cast aspersions on someone based on their name. <laughs> he's got a one in there for the eye, too. So it's S1. Well, because he's elite. Yes, yes. Now, I did see uh, Zierra post that uh, Elite, uh, or Star Wars is making it so you can't name your characters, uh, you know, things that have, like, Elite writing and uh, named after people and a whole list yeah, of trademark stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, apparently, for whatever reason, they're forcing that more strictly now. Yeah, in that same vein, Warcraft is giving away character names that haven't been used since 2008. So six years ago, because I mean, there's so many players in WoW, and they've you know, they've done their their they're not server merges, but you know, they've connected servers together. That you know, they're just you know, all the characters that have been created over the years, they're literally running out of names. So wow. yeah, anybody who hasn't accessed the character since 2008, that name goes back into the the pool. Now, if nobody takes it and you re, you know activate your account for the first time in six years and log into that character, it will give you the option to keep that name if it hasn't been taken. But yeah. All right, all right. We're jumping ahead here. We're jumping ahead to Warcraft stuff. I, that's because it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Still, Guild events. Um, 
a little bit of a change in the forms. We've consolidated the events to an event schedule, a sticky post uh, divided by realm. So rather than having each individual event be a sticky, and that was kind of bumping people off the top of the list, and some of the some of the more active realms were sort of dominating that particular forum. We did a consolidation sticky post for each realm at the top. So ESO has its own sticky post. That's the, uh, Star Wars has its own post. So it's not just one one particular realm grabbing up all the spots at the top of the forums. And it's annual award nominations time. It is. It is. We got a little lackluster response this year, I have to say. I have not responded yet. When is the deadline? Well, I'm going to extend it because we've only had, uh, I think I've had maybe three responses so far. And uh, I was going to close the nominations at the end of October. So I'm thinking maybe I'll close them at the end of November instead. Come on, people. It's not that hard. Sorry. Annual nominations. Come on. It's easy. We got a lot of responses last year, and and relatively quickly as well. So, I'm pretty sure the the nine month delay we've had between podcasts is just so that nobody nominates me for anything this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just knocked. We got you existed there. New members and registrants name change. Oh, you can change your names now. Well, I wanted to mention that only because the post has been up there, and I really kind of wanted the opportunity to plug it on the podcasts, just to encourage people to check out that post. If you're a new member, a new registrant to the forums, and you are willing to do so, if you would change your forum name to your NOR roster name or the, known, the name that you're commonly known by in the guild, it's much easier for the officers uh, and the moderators and the administrators to track changes to your your rank, your history, your you know your promotions, awards, that sort of thing. So it's just completely voluntary. You certainly don't have to if you don't want to, but it would be nice if you did. That's it. Yeah, or vice versa. A lot of people put uh, their name on the app as their character, but they end up not going by that character name. Um. Right. We can just as easily change a, a name on your if you want to change your guild name to something more preferable. We had a guy not too, too long ago do that. In fact, he uh, wanted to use his forum name primarily, but he had applied to the guild under a different name, so we just switched the name on the roster to the to the name on the form. And I believe Jara is back with us. Oh, Welcome great. Back, sir. Welcome back, Jara. Yes, I am. What's going on? Good timing. Uh, we're, yeah, good timing. We're about to come up on your uh, on arcade here. We're kind of plodding along. It's been a while since we did this, so we're moving a little slowly. Well, and we had a lot to get through. <laughs> Nine, we did. Nine months off. That's, that's true. Someone that's could have gestated an entire baby. Could have, between yes. Between our last two podcasts. Or I could have actually had another baby between us. Yes. Well, we're working on it. We got one in January, but this so... Is, well, this is true. Tantra's <laughs> working on it. Right, last bit of Guild news before we start pounding Amaltis and Jara for information. Um, High Council meetings still Sunday night at 9, followed by the NOR Officer Social uh, after yep. the business meeting, the first Sunday of each month. Yep. Um, there's wine, there's cheese. It's a delightful time. Um, come talk to your talk to other officers in other branches. They might be able to share some information with you or you with them. You know, best strategies for keeping the guild active and vibrant and growing and happy. Well said. Yep, and they're a good time. Very informal. We've really not probably had one in a couple months now but uh, 
That has been again. It has been a while since we did that. But and and again, the point is really just to get all the officers in one place and get them talking with each other so they get to know each other better. And we we should uh, remind people at the next um, yeah, finance meeting. meeting yeah, yes, yep. because we do have our biggest turnout that first Sunday of the month. Right. Right. Did you just call it a finance meeting? Finance at uh, the numbers. Business meeting. Business meeting. Thank you. <laughs> We could have a finance meeting, though. Well, I I would assume that that's something that the the trustees would have on their own. You know, uh, no, nobody. As long as we don't have to start turning in TPS reports. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, or the red state. I'm going to start exp- submitting expense reports to Nora every time I buy a multiplayer game. <laughs> you can you can submit as many reports as you like. All right, let's move on to why we're here. All right. Imaltus and Jara. Big have... step forward. Jara, have you been on the podcast before? I have not. This okay. is the first time. I thought maybe you were one of the 86 million people we had on from Star Wars at one point. <laughs> um, but you haven't. You weren't. That's so. a pretty big branch. Well, yeah. just about everybody's been there at some point. Because our love of Star Wars covers up how bad a game that is. Ouch. <laughs> no, it's a good game. I, I miss Used it. to be. Used to be. I, I, You know, when we first started playing, I have to admit, I was not impressed with the game at all. I won't go on a huge thing, but I think the game has improved tremendously. I really do enjoy it now. So, moving on to Jar and Amaltis. First, thank you guys for being here. Um, you can ignore my digs at Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I want to start... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this question out for both of you. Neither of you have been on the podcast before, so we always like to start with origin stories. Um, when did you guys join NOR? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, I joined NOR back in Dark Age of Camelot uh, forever ago. I honestly cannot remember. Um, I think on the roster I was squired in 2001, I believe. You were a Lurican um, champion. No, I was a Lurican uh, nightshade. Ah, oh, the champion was Peranton. Never mind. Yeah. No, I was a I was a nightshade, um, and I, I don't want to say it was a rocky beginning with Nor, but I was with Nor, and I was like at the top level guy, and I was doing a bunch of PvP stuff, and I loved the guild, but I actually moved my first character over to a more active PvP guild. And then hung out with Nor as one of my second characters until Nor kind of caught up. Yeah, well, um, Nor did not Nor did not PvP heavily at first. Um, we were more of a PVE guild for yeah you know, for and quite a while. And that's kind of how we always start out in games, and that's what I like about it. It's not we are not a hardcore play a certain number of hours, get your gear, make sure you know what you're doing, and have the perfect build kind of group. So that's what I loved about it. So I always came back to Nor. I always disappeared from Nor too, from military deployments and all that fun stuff. But I'd always come back, and if their game interested me, I'd always jump on the Nor page first and see if a branch was going to be starting when that game came out. So I float back and forth. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, Age of Conan. I was part of the group that got that started. Got it rocking, and then deployed right away. Disappeared. <laughs> And same thing with uh, Guild Wars 2. Got that one started. Um, that was where I was promoted to an officer and to a baron. And shortly after that, I once again deployed with the military. And now I 
then I jumped around from, uh, let's play, I did Star Wars with you guys a little bit, um, jumped onto Neverwinter, and then just as a fluke, somebody in Neverwinter was like, hey, that Archage game comes out soon, and I remember hearing about it like a year ago, and I totally wanted to play it, because I'm like, oh, shit battles, and I get to beat up a Kraken, and blah, blah, blah. So I immediately jumped on that and started bugging people about, let's get something started there. And so that's how I ended up there, and that's how the initial steps of getting the guild started out there. And then Amaltis immediately jumped on when I started slamming the forums with people with requests and trying to get people hyped up about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm game too. And well, definitely he can tell. Yeah, well, he can definitely tell his own story. Um, I don't want to break into his storyline, too, but I think he'd been gone from the guild for a while also, and so we're just both kind of returning and trying to get this one started. He was in Rift. He was he was retiring. Busy building Le- his dream home. Leisurely. <laughs> or maybe six dream homes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he put a lot of hours, I don't even know how many hours, into the uh, into the guild castle. I mean, he yeah. basically did the entire thing. That's awesome. And then last decided he wanted to rearrange and... I feel bad about that because I, I really, in good faith, I just started... I was trying to get the count down. I won't go on this too long. I just, there was, like, a new stuff I could put in that would reduce the object count. So I was just trying to... Anyway, never mind. So out of the two of you, you were pretty much the woman. And it's like, no, let's put this over here and let's put this over there. <laughs> and you just can never really make up your mind. Is that what you're saying? I tinkered. What can I tell you? I tinkered. <laughs> So, let's ask the same question to Amaltis. When did you join? Uh, I officially joined in the realm in 1997. Um, I played a little bit with Nor, but not as a Nor in the original Neverwinter Nights game. Uh, but I was part of another guild at that time. But then that closed, and I moved to the realm in the guild that I was in didn't move with me, so I enjoyed hanging out with Nors in, the, in Neverwinter Nights, so uh, met up with uh, Autumn Leaves. She was my recruiter and joined uh, September, I think it was, of 97, and then uh, played that for a while until EverQuest came out and moved over to EverQuest, um, played that for a while. Uh, then took a brief hiatus and came back when Horizons came out. Uh, that game didn't last very long. Wow, you were like one of the few people that probably are still with us that played that game. Yeah. Uh, then went into WoW. Uh, started WoW about a month after it first opened. Played that for a long time. Uh, moved on officially to... Runes of Magic, and then to Rift, and because I was had a Rift account, I got emails from from Tryon about their Arcage game, and that's why I ended up trying that one. Uh, I've pretty much played just about every game that Nor's been in, but not been officially part of those branches. Yeah, I've seen you everywhere, pretty much everywhere I've been. I've seen you there at some point or another, in some form or another. 
That's uh, I played so many different games. That's one of the reasons uh, we started talking about that Nomad branch because we had people who just didn't really play one game consistently or didn't play a game that we had a presence in. So uh, you and I started talking about that. That, that. I think that's a pretty good thing that we've got where people can join that even though we don't have a presence somewhere. That's always been the hope. Keep people active, talking about things on the forum. So you guys have played... Well, Maltus has played literally everything ever. Um, yep. Jara has I've played... pretty much have to. ...has played everything since Dark Age of Camelot. Um, you're both now in Arc Age. So that's... A couple long stories. You guys have been around for a long time. Um, Any funny NOR stories to share? Um, I think one of the best ones I have from Dark Ages was... Uh, so I was in the other guild working side by side with the Nor, and we were doing a realm raid on one of the other realms. And so I had a big old raid coordinated, and I was supposed to go up like the east side of the map and scourge don't mean to call you out, buddy, um, was taking Nor up the west side of the map, and we kind of crumbled apart because halfway through, Scourge admits to me, he's like, you know, I haven't really been out here before. Where are the keeps at? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really? And at that point, I'm just like, screw it. Let's just all meet in the middle and battle over the middle keep until we all die. So I thought that one was pretty funny. Um, I don't know, a bunch of really silly stories, but most of them are from Dark Ages. That was the most fun and interaction I had with Nor um, up to this point because my interaction is always so little because I have to leave quickly and stuff like that but yeah I love that one I, I gave him crap about that until we stopped playing that game Malt any tales for us? Uh, I don't have a lot of them that I can remember uh, so many little ones like, like Jaro was saying uh, the biggest things I can remember is things like uh, in EverQuest, Lone would cast levitation spells on herself, and then we'd all follow her around, and she'd go levitating off a cliff, and we'd all fall down. <laughs> uh, just small things like that. It's a good one. Actually, we got one from Arcage with the two of us. Um, so he's on his alt, and he wants to do a run across the ocean to the enemy continent for a quest that we have to do. And so I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And so we jump on my uh, clipper, the smallest little boat that's in the game, and we start sailing across the water. Well, there's these things in the water called sea bugs. They're about level 35-ish. Um, I've stopped worrying about them because I'm level 50, and I just roll through them and no problem. Well, poor Maltus's alt here is like level 29 or something. And I go through probably the biggest nest of sea bugs I've ever seen in my life and I think there's like seven or eight of them they all instantly jump on him and he's dead within like 15 meanwhile seconds. I'm carrying this trace <laughs> is, is yeah the, meanwhile the primary yeah. thing you want to do for trade runs you have to carry these packs back and forth from where you built it to where you're turning it in and these are a hot commodity so I'm carrying this trade pack and he goes through this pack of sea bugs <laughs> The news is that he dies. His trade pack sinks to the bottom of the ocean. 
And now it becomes a uh, salvage recovery mission to try to get this trade pack off the ocean floor while not letting the sea bugs eat him. And um, not running out of breath. Yeah, and not running out of breath and drowning. Uh, but we got really lucky. Um, I was able to maintain kind of a good location where it was, so we grabbed the little, these little scuba divey type tanks off the side of my boat, and we jump over, and we go down, and we see it right away. We're like, oh, perfect. So we're at the bottom of the ocean, and Amaltus now has to, in order to pick up the trade pack, he has to take off his scuba pack. So he's instantly now running out of breath. And we're in a very deep part of the ocean, and he barely makes it to the surface before he dies. Like, how much breath did you have left? Um, I'm not even sure I can see any blue left on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, break surface, barely make it up, climb back in the boat, and continue on our way. Um, the rest of it was fairly uneventful. But, yeah, that's a good one. Good first story from Mark Age. It's like, hey, let's go on a trader run. Sure, let's just run through these mobs. I can kill you instantly, no problem. <laughs> Well, that's a good enough transition. Um, for those who aren't familiar, why don't you give them a little high-level overview of of Arcage? It's it's gotten you know a fair amount of press before its release, but you know just from the sites I visit, it didn't get as much as say you know Firefall, you know the free-to-play shooter, or obviously not as much as you know the upcoming EverQuest Next and EverQuest Landmark. Um, why don't you give people a little overview of Arcage? Well, Arcage has got a little bit, pretty much a little bit for everybody. Um, it's primarily focused around PvP once you get toward the upper end, upper levels. But uh, through like level 30, currently 50 is the cap on that. Uh, through like level 30, you can quest in protected zones that are owned by your particular faction. Then once you break 30, uh, all those zones after that have are prone to conflict. Sometimes there'll be uh, just a little bit of danger. Sometimes it'll be all the way up to where that particular zone is at war. Or you might happen to have a peace period for that zone. Um, peace period obviously is the best time to do questing in any particular zone or even run a trade run through it but uh, during peace you can't attack anybody that's in that zone uh, there's quite a a large crafting uh, in the game uh, you have to grow your own crops grow your own trees of course you can always buy off auction house but uh, you can grow your own trees and harvest those, cut them down. <clears throat> uh, different plants, uh, fruits, vegetables. Uh, Jar is currently working on farming. I'll let him talk about that later. Um, anim different animals that you can grow to collect eggs or uh, butcher for meat or butcher for hides. Uh, it's quite in-depth, and then, of course, there's the sea battles. You Once you... Uh, uh, they have a special commodity called Gilda, Gilda Stars. It's a type of currency that you can buy patterns on uh, the common uh, island called Mirage Island. Uh, you can buy different things. You can buy uh, ships. You can buy houses. You can buy little crafting stations. Um, but 
once you get 15, I'm sorry, 50 Guild of Stars, you can buy the smallest ship, that clipper that Jar was talking about earlier, and uh, start start going out to sea and come across uh, people from the other side or pirates. Um, you end up in a in a battle, uh, or if you're uh, Jara's fishing boat, he uh, lent me his fishing boat once, and uh, we were on our way out to a fishing area, and uh, Jara got pulled for jury duty, and so it was just me now out there, and all of a sudden came along uh, a merchant ship, followed by about four clipper ships, and it took all of about uh, 30 seconds for me to die, and Jara's like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, hang on, uh, jury duty. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Go ahead, Jar. Uh, jury duty. So there's uh, jumping onto that one. So there's stuff that gets you infamy and crime points in the game. Um, so if you own a plot of land, you can farm on it safely. Nobody can touch your stuff. But for people that don't have farms or are trying to get like really big scores of resources, you can plant out in the open world. Um, but planting out in the open world, anyone can come either uproot or harvest the stuff when it's done growing. And it gets you, uh, infamy points. Um, if you kill your own teammates, you get infamy points. Um, like assault and stuff like that. So you gather up these infamy points, and once you die on one of the main continents, you get sent to court for what you've done wrong in the world. And five other people from your faction get pulled in for jury duty. Um, <laughs> you get this as soon as you pass level 30. And so a little uh, window pops up, shows you what all of the uh, reports have been against this person, and you can deliberate a little bit, or you can just say guilty and who cares. Um, but wow. it's a very, it's a really cool social aspect of the game. Um, I've seen guilty people get off. I've seen innocent people get thrown in jail. Uh, it all depends on who's on the jury. Wow. And whether they're actually paying attention or if they're just spamming, give verdict, guilty, want to go back play game. So it all depends uh, on what's going on. Um, if you watch a trial chat or if you watch faction chat and whatnot in the games, it gets pretty interesting sometimes. Because one of the major guilds on our side of the house is called the, uh, of all things, the uh, Somali Coast Guard. And based on the name, obviously, you can tell they all want to be like pirates and whatnot. Well, they haven't gained enough infamy or they refuse to gain enough infamy to actually go full-blown pirate because they lose a lot of benefits once that happens. So they're on jury a lot. Um, or not on jury, they're on trial a lot. Uh, so it always becomes... Uh, it's just really interesting, the fun stuff. Uh, they're actually, as a guild, they're trying to put propaganda out there that they're working with one of the bigger uh, West Side guilds, like trying to give them a bad name. So it's real funny watching the little politics happen and whatnot and all that fun stuff. But So if you get guilty, you get thrown in jail for a certain number of minutes based on how many crimes you've had. The longest I've seen is somebody got thrown in jail for, uh, so far since the game has launched, uh, 257 minutes once. Whoa, that's a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, the long, were, that's the longest I've seen. Usually it's they were like very 12, 12 minutes. Yeah. You can escape prison though yeah oh, okay. so once you get in jail they, they got a little soccer field there and a soccer ball 
Um, you can also bust open crates and everything. They have a little uh, jailman outfit, so you get the pants, the striped suit, and everything. And you can get a bucket that you can wear on your head. So a lot of people like to get that outfit, and then they break out of jail, um, which I'm not going to throw on the podcast here, because if somebody's listening to this, uh, we should not be getting thrown in jail anyway, because we're the good guys. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell them how to break out of jail. If uh, they get in there, they can figure it out themselves. But you can break out of the jail. But you also get this debuff where you can't do anything that uh, requires labor, so you can't craft or you can't do certain things. So you still have this debuff even though you broke out of jail. Oh, but you can wow. run out and but you can run out and continue murdering your fellow nation mates if you want. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I also saw so, that you were able to upload the uh your own artwork. So you, the NOR logo was on the sales and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they got a thing uh, a crest creating object or whatever. Um but what you do is you create this crest, uh, you helped me out get it to the right size and everything. Um, but yeah, you can make any picture that you find that's, uh, what was it? 256 by 256 in size. Um, anything you can think of. I mean, I've seen, there are people that have their houses lined up with like posters of people, um, and a bunch of weird stuff like that. But the main use of it is supposed to be like what we did, put your guild crest on things. Right. So I was really excited about that because I haven't played a game in a long time where we were able to put like nor colors on or anything. And even Amalta said at our first uh, guild meeting that this is really kind of the first game where we can quote unquote do the Nord jacket again. Where yeah, once we, uh, right. yeah, once we squire people, we give them that crest and they can toss it on their cloak, and mm-hmm. that's their first opportunity to wear our nice little symbol. That's so, kinda, does that's that awesome. artwork have to be like approved? No, it does not. Um, now you can obviously people can report it. Um, and there have been some issues with people putting bad stuff on their artwork. Uh, but it very quickly gets reported by people, and the devs are quick to make sure that stuff uh, gets taken right. away. Right. Well, I remember back in uh, Star Wars Galaxies where uh, I want to say uh, Karam uh, crafted me the, the golden blues uh, after I got my my squiring. Because uh, he could custom make the outfits and dye them special colors and everything. Now, speaking yeah. of, uh, uh, I, I don't want to forget either. You guys had uh, a chance encounter with a former member, right? Ecav? Yeah, so I was out. Ecav? Right? Uh, Ecav. Um, yeah, so I was out questing. There's these daily quests where you mentor somebody in a dungeon. So, like, I'm level 50, but I go to this dungeon and I pick up a dude that's, like, level 35, and we get a group together and we kind of go through the dungeon. So, it's a cool little system, um, but, of course, it, it's flawed in the fact that uh, there's never enough people that are low level, so there's, like, a bunch of high levels standing around going, who wants to be my mentee? I'll give you five gold, hey, be my friend, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, my dog thinks it's playtime. Um... So I was with one guy in the lowest level, and at the time I was uh, specced as a healer. So we're going really slow, and I'm like, hey, sorry about this, but we're going to be a little bit slow here. I'm full healer. Um, and he goes, oh, hold, hold on, I'll invite uh, one of my friends to come help me. Um, and sure enough, it's ICAV. So we're running through, we're killing stuff. He's he's doing like most people do, not paying attention, just running down the hallway, attacking as fast as he can. Um, and we hit a little pause. 
And apparently that's the time he looks up, notices the new Outriders tag on my head, and right. immediately tats and ch- types in chat, Hail Nor. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, so come to find out, he was off in another game, Star Wars Galaxies, I believe he said was the one he played, where he first had Nor. And instantly when he saw the tag over my head, he got all nostalgic about it. Um, and he had a group of about 10 people, 10 to 15 people. And that night, we talked to them all and said, let's go join these guys. Wow. So, yeah, so we got them all over. Um, but we'll see how many of them hang out from talking to them and everything. They're very, uh, they jump from game to game. Oh, they And, uh, yeah, so there's, there's three of them that are on pretty regularly. But for the last week, they were all gone at a, uh, I guess they all live in the same area, like the San Francisco Bay Area or something. Oh. So they were all gathered together having a little party of their own. So, yeah, I'm staying in contact with them. That's a way to recruit, that's for sure. I like it. Yeah, it was a great way to recruit. I love it. So it pretty much doubled our numbers. That's excellent. So we got a steady beginning roster right now. That's how we did it when Jara was new. Um, You know, back in Dark Age, we... we uh, the Silverhawks, that's where Vashile and a bunch of other people came from, and yep. uh, Matthias and a couple other people came from something Covenant. I don't remember what the name of their guild was, but yeah, we absorbed a couple guilds. And if you find, you know, a guild where the officers are nor like, yeah, snap them up. Oh yeah, I've been playing the uh, diplomacy thing um in arc age because this is a very political social political game at the high end so i've teamed up uh i've made friends with kind of one of the bigger guilds on the west but with the fishing boat i've made a laundry list of friends that all want to go out and they do the fishing and we hang out and we chat and we have good old times um and they're all in smaller guilds like us so i'm not really planting seeds because of course we don't like we've never sniped from another guild but i've Definitely pointed them at the website, and I've let them know, hey, if you guys are small and you guys want to group up or team up or merge or something like that, let me know. Um, and I got a feeling in a couple months some of that play will uh, will come through uh, with some of these people because, you know, people always leave games and whatnot, and guilds get small, and that's yeah. when merges start to happen. So that's kind of what I'm banking on recruitment for my end. I know uh, Amaltis has... a other plans, and he's still working the uh, other issues of trying to get recruits from just advertising ourselves and stuff like that. But have you had any luck on the forums? I like the actual Archage forums. Um, I don't think we placed them there yet because our forums are really uh, crazy right now. They've just now started to calm down. Um, one of the things that we got is we ended up with one of the biggest alpha guilds in our server, um, which sounds like it would be a good thing, but it's like, it is one of those guilds that Nor has been around to fight. Um, it's very hierarchical. The leader is very grr kind of guy, and they're straight-up power gamers, and their whole mission in life is to power game their way to the top and try to stay there. So that has caused a great strife on our server, but has also made for great opportunities as well, because everybody else kind of bands up against these guys. Even the people in their own faction are kind of fighting them. <laughs> so we we have this awesome, great bad guy for everybody to rally against. 
on the server, but that has made things go a little crazy on the forums. Um, it has just now, I think, calmed down enough, uh, in other guilds also where we've, people are starting to put forum, uh, applications up on there. And I think we're going to do the same this weekend, get our first, uh, recruitment thread started. Great. How's the branch coming along? How's your, your membership holding? Uh, it's good. good. I don't know. I think Maltus knows a little bit better. Um, I looked at the roster. I think the roster is 21 people. Um, I think we got like 58 characters, so there's at least like one or two alts in there from multiple people. Uh, at the height of playtime, there's uh, around six of us online at the same time. Um, everybody's working on leveling. Uh, just two nights ago, we had two hit 50, so we're now up to three. Uh, myself, Gumby, and uh, Riven uh, awesome. at 50. Oh. Uh, one of my random friends that I invited to the guild two days ago that um, I was playing with, pretty much, like I said, playing invites and everything. Uh, he's at 49 tonight, uh, so he'll be at 50. Amaltus is, uh, what, what are you, like five levels away also with one of your characters? Uh, I have one that's 48 and one that's 43. The 48 will hit 50 before the end of the week. Yeah, 48, 43. So we're about to have our first group that's at, uh, at endgame level, so we can try the first little dungeon as a group and group up and start doing some good stuff. Yeah, I find that's when you get the most recruits is once you hit endgame. That uh, whole awkward period when everybody is leveling and they're all at different levels, it's just hard to attract more people because there's never enough people at the same level to, you know, run a dungeon, basically, and then they, you know, they disappear on you. But once everyone is at yeah. end game, or a huge number of them, uh, yeah. comes and a I got a couple of Yeah, and I got a couple plans for future also of, because uh, the great thing is, like, the level difference isn't major. Like, when I was level 35, I was fighting people that were, like, ten times above my level. And yeah, they would beat me, but I would put up quite a little stir. And there's plenty of open sea battles that I've been involved in where uh, there's like a dude out there who's level 35 just doing his thing with his group. So we're going to start working with some of our allies and friends and whatnot. Uh, we're going to start trying to do some trade runs with some buddies, get everybody involved in that. Uh, I got a fishing trip planned where even if people don't fish, they can come out and they can run my fish back and forth to the turn-in point, and we can split the money that way, and they can see how awesome fishing is for earning money. Um, so there are some things where I'm going to start trying to get everybody involved, even if you're at the mid-level. Because what I think everybody's getting hung up on right now is uh, once you pass 30 and you're in those PvP open-world zones, um, we don't, like we've always said, we don't attract big PvPers, so it really drains on them when they're out there trying to quest and somebody runs up and kills them. Um, and if you wait till peace period every time, it's kind of, you're sitting around doing nothing, like, alright, what can I do now? Um, but there uh, is so much you can do. Go ahead. Uh, it's important to note that, you know, people, you talk about that where, you know, it's hard to quest in those zones that are in wartime or in heavy conflict. But you can level just as fast or even faster by crafting in this game. Um, oh yeah. I went, on one day, I went from level 28 to 34 with my alt, just almost on nothing but crafting alone. And, 
I wasn't I wasn't uh, on like all day long and hardcore or anything. So it you can level pretty well. I mean, uh, they have uh, vocation potions. If you take one of those, you get pretty much two times the experience. And just for me to harvest one of my pigs at my level to uh, to butcher it and get the the meat and the leather for it, I get two thousand experience just for that one pig. So it's it's pretty uh, pretty easy to level even if you're not in those conflict zones. Yeah, the great thing about leveling is talking about is, and it scales to your level too. Like I've taken a lot of people out to there's an underwater mining spot that gives great experience as well. Um, but based on your level, so I was like level forty at the time, and I took one of our guys out there that was thirty, and it seems like it's a percent system. So because I got like a thousand XP, he got like nine hundred. But if you look at it mathematically, we each got the same percentage we needed to our next level. So there's no really diminished return kind of thing in that regard. So you can get to get the 30 together with the 50s and go out and have a mining trip or a fishing trip or whatever, and everybody's earning the same base level of experience they need to get to the next level. So there's a lot of stuff that we can do that we're working on. Well, that sounds pretty good. It does. So, yeah, I don't know, without talking all night long, I don't know what other specifics you guys might want to know about the game. Well, I know you asked earlier, you were asking about how much it cost. Uh, they have two different uh, methods of playing. It's, it's a free-to-play game, and for that, you get access to the game and all of the content, uh, but you earn labor slower, and you're not allowed to own prop, own land. Uh, but then you can also pay, I think it's uh, $14.95 per month, or a reduced rate if you uh, subscribe for multiple months at a time. Yeah, they, they have the standard MMO subscription plan process. You know, you pay more, you get down to like 10 bucks a month or something. Right, and then if you're a, if you do that, you earn patron status, and patrons are allowed to own property and and plant farms, plant houses, things like that. Um, they get uh, labor at twice. They earn labor at twice the rate that the free-to-play players do, and you also gain labor points while you're offline. Um, so that's a if you're if you're into doing crafting and you want to own some property, it's definitely worth uh, becoming a patron. But if uh, you just want to play in PvP and not worried about owning property, it's uh, just as good a game if you're free to play. And uh, for either either play, um, we have a nice spread of land that we've acquired uh, so that people who are free to play or patron status that can't find a place to lay down their their farm, they can come on out to our property and we've set it up so that the entire guild can use it and plant whatever they need to. So uh, even free-to-play players that are in the guild can come on out and, and plant their stuff and do some crafting as well. Yeah, I want to throw on top of that, though, the uh, patron status. Um, 
You can also actually get patron status without spending a dime of real money. Uh, they got a thing called Apex, which if you ever played uh, EVE Online, is they have a system where somebody can buy this thing, and then they can sell it to you on the auction house. And what it does is it gives you a certain number of uh, market credits, which are the credits used for the cash shop. And with those credits, you can actually buy a patron status for a month. So once you get to high level, you're going to be earning oh, more than enough gold uh, to do stuff. So you could buy this off of somebody else through the auction house and upgrade your patron status and never pay a dime of your own money. And, and there's quite a few people who are selling those uh, Apex things. I think the last time I priced it out uh, on the auction house, they were going for like uh, 90 or 100 gold. And uh, the Apex will give you uh, 1,250 game credits, and the cost of one month's patron status is 2,400 game credits. So if you buy two of those for roughly around 180 to 200 gold, that's a month's worth of uh, game time right there. And you can get 100 gold in a day very easily, so... It's real easy to play this game and never have to spend a dime of your real money and still get full access to everything. Awesome. I like not paying for things. Yeah, a lot of people do. Free is the best price. So, it is. It's true. So when is your next guild meeting? I know those are very important for branches that are still provisional and still trying to build their base. Uh, we've actually got one slated for this Saturday around 5 p.m. Pacific. Do you know what's on the agenda? Uh, go ahead, Amultus. I know I kind of stepped on you there. Oh, it's okay. Uh, we've got quite a bit going on. Um, John and I are talking about... Uh, who and when we want to do a couple more squirings, maybe uh, maybe even promote somebody tonight. Um, we're going to talk about uh, our plans in the future for trade runs, uh, recruiting, um, uh, and events. Events, yes, yes, events. Uh, things like Jara's planned fishing trip. Uh, we're going to try and do something like that at least once a week. Uh, go on out there, do fishing trips, and then go do some trade runs uh, and, and get people introduced to some of these other game content that it's hard to do by yourself. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys um, thinking about doing a, a guild unity event there sometime soon? Um. Yeah. We yeah. want to do one now that there are no more queues for the servers, because right. that was the big craziness at the beginning. Um, yeah, so I think we were going to bring it to the next High Council meeting. I'm not sure. I don't want to put words in Amaltus' mouth here. Um, but yeah, we want to try to get as many people over there as we can, um, and just do a little fun, low-level thing. Sure. Um, the only The only problem with that, uh, one of their anti- spamming things they put in place is uh, you can't do shouts or anything, and you can't really talk on, like, the national chat channel or anything until you're level 15. So it makes it a little bit hard, but 
if we get a whole group of people with Nor and we just run through a zone and have a good old time, we can get up to level 10, 15 real easy. And then once we're there, we can throw everybody on a boat. And, uh, hell, I'll take them all out. They can go visit my buddy the Kraken if they want. He's a good guy. Just uh, <laughs> don't upset him. Sea, bu- sea bugs, maybe. Yeah, a big bed of sea bugs. <laughs> yeah, sea bugs. There you go. The, the big thing about the chat restriction is they put that in place to try and uh, cut down on uh, spammers and gold farmers and things like that. Um, people who are who come online and we put them in the guild or anything, they could still do whispers and talk in guild chat. It's just you can't talk on the, the uh, faction channels in the, in the shout. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. I mean, as long as you can communicate with your other guildmates. Yeah, that's that's not an issue. That's not a problem. We'll be able to get everybody in there. So, yeah, so we want to get a guild unity going. Um, we want to get the fishing trip going. And like you said, we're going to talk about plans for the future. Um, just to throw out kind of my idea for the future, uh, starting November, I think it was 4th or 6th, I can't remember, is when they open up the content to the north, which, putting it in a Dark Age of Camelot's terms, that's kind of like the realm. That's where guilds are going to start claiming castles, and people are going to fight over castles every week. Um, us, as a guild, because we always start small, because we always go for quality over quantity, um, we're not really at the level to compete for that. So I've been talking with the big guilds, and we're going to help them out. Um, we're going to kind of make our presence known a little bit. But at this guild meeting, what I'm going to propose uh, to Amaltis and everybody else is we're going to kind of lay low um, get everybody up to 50, get a little bit of gear, get our crafting going, and then in a couple months, um, as soon as they get the conversion done, we're going to get a level cap increase up to level 55. Um, and that is actually the point where us as a guild should really make our presence felt in the world. Because we'll have everybody at 50, and we'll instantly be at equal ground because everybody's leveling to 55, and like the big super bad guild that's over on the east... And the other people that outgear us right now, that will no longer be an issue. So that's kind of what I'm going to be working towards. So laying low, we're going to help the other guys out. Uh, we're going to still be involved in every aspect of the game, but we're not going to really make a push for like a big castle with our name on it until we hit that level cap and we're on equal footing with all the guys that are already like big and have super gear and all that crazy stuff. And nor being a helping guild anyway, uh, it's not necessary for us to own a big castle. If we get the chance to help other people out with their castles and their trade runs, um, it's just as fun. So, Yeah, and it also lets us uh, learn the mechanics and the process before we have to deal with it at our own level. Well, that's the thought. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you guys have got a good thing going over there. Oh, it is. Uh, you're supposed to come fishing sometime. I know that. I know. I'm supposed to come back in there. I'm going to try to get back in as soon as I can. <laughs> so, well, um, I want to move us uh, along here a little bit. Uh, thanks, guys, for telling us all about Arcage. I, uh, Rox has been not – she hasn't stopped talking about it since she first started playing. She's been bugging me to get back on there, so I will. Oh, yeah. She, she loves absolutely it. Absolutely. And... Oh, she does. I know. Believe me, I get texts like every day. <laughs> See, she's she's going to get you too. We're going to get you from all angles. I'm going to make you come play because I don't think I've played a game with you since uh, Dark Ages of Camelot. So it's I you do, man. You do. There, man. Uh, 
Yeah, I've uh, well, I got a character over there, and I got him tagged. That's about as, as about as much as I could accomplish that afternoon. But I'll I'll, I'll do better. Uh, let's see, coming up, what do we got? Uh, news from the realm. We got uh, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. We have um, a couple of X packs coming up uh, in Star Wars: The Shadow of Ravon. Um, I don't know the public release date off the top of my head, but for people who may be listening who are not playing Star Wars, if they have a sub, you might want to know if you pre-order the Shadow of Ravon before, I think it's November 2nd or 1st, uh, you get your class quest XP bonus times 12. Basically, you can level a tune up to 55 in no time flat, um, and I am doing that very thing, and I'm hardly really working at it, and I, I've managed to get a tune from, I don't know, from like 10 to... 40 and, you know, an hour or two of just screwing around doing nothing but class quests. Uh, World of Warcraft, of course, the Warlords of Draenor is coming out as well. Uh, again, I don't know the public release date. I know they're raising the level cap to 100. I'm all, might even know about this better than I do. Uh, and if you pre-order, you get a uh, level 90 boost for one of your tunes. We're uh, planning on having uh, Zera come over and talk to us about the Star Wars expansion and, and Quilin maybe come over to the podcast at the mid-December and talk to us about the uh, Warcraft expansion. And then mid, mid-November, mid we're hoping to have Sale on to talk about uh, ESO and to talk about the branch there and how they're growing, kind of like we did with these guys tonight, and also to talk about the ESO expansion, which I believe is also due in December. And Neverwinter has uh, its fifth uh, content um, patch coming out uh, this fall, uh, Rise of Timat. I'm still not quite through the the fourth expansion yet, but uh, always looking forward to new stuff. Sounds like we've got a, a couple of expansion podcasts on our horizon. Yes, we do. All right, and now we're going to go into the lightning round. Um, we answered Daz's questions once already, but the recorder broke, so we lost them. Um, we're going to do them again. Uh, I'll ask the question that he asked us. Um, limit yourself to 20 seconds per answer. Um, how's that sound? Are you going to have everybody answer? Sure. All right, good. It's only a minute apiece, then. Lead the way, Tal. Okay, first question. Uh, what is the best game music, or probably what is your favorite game soundtrack? I'm going to go with Mario Brothers. I mean, the classics. That's true. you got some Mario Brothers, you got some uh, Legend of Zelda, all that good stuff. Yeah, if you well, have to go with classics, I'll go with Zelda. I have to say Total Annihilation. Best game music I've ever heard. That is very good music. Um, I'm actually oh, gonna go with I'm gonna go with Halo. Um, the 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 Halo theme song, the original one, does weird things to me. <laughs> All right, what's up next? Oh, how many years have you been playing PC yep, games? How many years have oh. you been playing PC games? I'll start that one. Um, I got my first PC for Christmas in 1993 with a brand spanking new copy of Doom. Oh, let's see. My first PC game, I believe, was on the uh, Apple II GS. It was some kind of D&D dungeon crawl thing. I know. I'm going to go probably 93, 94. Uh, a lot of the old LucasArts stuff. TIE Fighter versus X-Wing and the uh, Dark Forces game. And even before uh-huh. then, 
I'm going to have to go with about uh, <clears throat> 89 with the old uh, SSI gold box games that spawned the Neverwinter game on AOL. I think the first, I don't remember what game, what kind of computer it was. I think the first game I ever played on it was either Sleuth or Zork. And I don't remember what year, <laughs> remember but it was a, a lot older than the rest of you. Yeah, this is Commodore 64 count. It was before that. I think my first computer was like a Texas Instruments something you hooked up to your TV. I remember playing a lot of those Sierra games. All right. This one may not apply to everybody. Um, what made you start <laughs> a guild? And if you didn't actually start a guild, what made you start a Norbranch? Um, yeah, I, I like to be active when I'm on and grouping. So um, if nobody else is putting together groups, I'm usually trying to organize one, and that kind of becomes, you know, uh, getting you up into the officership and then to the point where you're running the, the whole show. Yeah, I've uh, kind of done the spectrum. Uh Arc Age and Age of Conan was the first branches that I was involved in trying to start, um, just because I was really adamant about those games, wanting to play them. Um, starting guilds um, and other games I've played, I never really started a guild, but I always ended up one of the most active guys in a game, and I always end up either like the guild leader or one of the top guys in it, uh, making the decisions and everything. And I think it's the same thing that you just said, um, I'm always trying to get people together to do things, and in these kind of games, that always ends up being like a leadership role. I haven't uh, started a guild. Uh, Arcage is actually the first branch that I've been involved with starting, uh, pretty much just because I want to be Nor and I wanted to play that game, so I wanted Nor to be in that game. That's why... I, worked at starting it there and of course uh, everybody should have a chance to be exposed to Nor so <laughs> right Nor should be in every game should be a requirement I'll go next um, obviously I've never started a branch in Nor um, almost did with ESO but I backed out beforehand um, I, in any game that I've ever played that Nor didn't have a presence in um, let's say let's say like this. Nor's the only guild I've ever joined. In any game I've ever played that Nor didn't have a presence in, I created my own because I don't like telling people telling me how to play or what to do. So I make my own guild where I tell other people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I guess that leaves me. What did I uh, did I start any branches? I guess so. Did I? Uh, the, the Star Wars, you're one of the founders on the uh, Old Republic. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. I, my first my first branch command was an Imperiana, and I, I did such a, a terrible job um, that I, when I was given the opportunity to take over the branch in Warcraft, I, I really jumped at it, hoping to do a better job than I did. Um I don't know. I, uh, there's something about this guild. It's, I've been in it for a long time. I, I have been in other guilds where, um, 
you know, in between uh, during that long period um, between Imperiana and before I even knew NOR was still in existence, um, I had been a member of a couple of other. It's just not the same, you know. I mean, perfectly friendly people, perfectly fun time. I mean, nothing wrong with uh, any of them or the games or or my my guildmates, um, but it just just wasn't NOR. And uh, when I I found NOR. Again, playing Warcraft, I, I jumped at the opportunity to rejoin, sort of hoping, frankly, um, and I, I told myself this, and I told the High Council this when they reinstated me, that I just wanted to keep my head down, keep my mouth shut, and maintain a low profile and, and not do anything through yeah. me. <laughs> look, look where you are now. <laughs> so that, that didn't work out so much. No, given that the other four of us just laughed in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're totally doing it wrong, man. you got to... Too low profile like me. I mean, I've only snuck up to Baron. I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure that's going to change here in Arch Gauge, but you know, you got to stay yeah, real low. Th- then you'll get deployed. I don't know, again. Jara. Are we allowed to demote? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> of okay. you are. Do, it, do it. Be the do first it. one. I will totally go back to Squire. I'll be like, haha, I'm a noob. All right. Next question. Um, how do you see PC gaming surviving the console takeover? Um, this one generated a lot of talk last time when we got cut off, but um, right. I think it's not even an issue anymore, uh, especially with the new consoles coming out. The, the Xbox One and the PS4 are so ungodly similar to a low-powered gaming PC that the number of games that are coming out exclusive to console at this point is extremely slim. Um, they're basically all first-party titles from Microsoft and or Sony. Um, most games are coming to PC now if they were console exclusives before, and PC gaming still blows the consoles out of the water when it comes to indie games, which are plentiful and wonderful. So um, I don't think it's an issue. Yeah, I'm with you. This, this comes up every time a new set of consoles comes out. Um, they all think the new consoles are going to take over the world, and just history shows that's not the case. And it's just because PCs, they get better and better, faster and faster, and the consoles, they got to make those things work for five years to get their real money out of it. So PCs going to be better than consoles in another year again, and it's just, uh, it's just much more variety. You don't have any of that crazy, uh, battles with, no, we're Xbox, no, we're PlayStation, like, whatever, just jump on your computer, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't even use console games, so I, I wouldn't even know how to comment. I guess I sort of imagine PC, console, television, DVR, I mean, I sort of imagine this sort of media, gaming, movie-watching, television, all that technology eventually merging into some sort of one little tiny box that you just set down, if it's that at all. Uh, and that's what you use, and, and you just download content from wherever, and it's compatible with everything. Yeah, pretty much. Um, just to throw on your console thing, the only thing I play on my console right now is the old uh, rock band in my uh, Rocksmith guitar game, because I love rocking out. Now, the only thing we use our consoles for, which I think the PC is hard to replace, is like the multiplayer in the same room scenario. Like, playing uh, the Lego games with my daughter. Like, I can't see that happening on a PC. I do that with my wife. Um, my PC is actually connected you play to... play Legos? We play the Lego games. Um, the, my PC is actually connected to my TV with an HDMI cable, and I have a, an adapter, a USB adapter, that's um, 
that will connect to any Microsoft Xbox 360 wireless controller. So I just stole our Xbox controllers, you know, fire up Lego Lord of the Rings from Steam, and we both play like we were on a console. Well, that makes sense, then. You have to be willing to have a super long HDMI cable. Well, I mean, that's what our our TVs are, our PCs, but we also have uh, the Xbox connected to it and Apple TV and all that fun stuff. Yeah, like when we first answered this question back in January, I said the only reason I use my Xbox now is to watch Netflix. I don't even use it for that anymore. I have a Chromecast on my downstairs TV now. I just beam everything from my tablet. Yeah, I use my, my iPad to watch Netflix. All right, and our last question... Um, what is your favorite movie? <laughs> I don't know if you can pick one. Mine is Eternal Sh- Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Which is weird because I hate Jim Carrey. <laughs> How can you hate Jim Carrey? No, I hate Jim Carrey too. <laughs> um. Oh, favorite movie. Uh, for the longest time, it was the original Star Wars series. And it still kind of sits with that. Yeah, I was going to say that the Holy uh, Trilogy has always been my inspiration growing up, so it's always my go-to. Uh, pretty much like uh, medieval-type movies, I think uh, my favorite always sways, but I'd probably have to say currently is the uh, second Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, those are all close seconds to the Star Wars for me. No Monty, Monty Python? Well, yeah, I got a great list of comedies also. Uh, Monty Python, <laughs> but, I mean, it's tough to pick yeah, one. I, yeah. The recent one, it, it I is. Think, most recent on your movie mood. that I watched, you know, I think probably, if we're just talking, like I could watch it endlessly and, and never really get bored of watching, it's probably Apollo 13. But if I had to pick one movie that was my absolute lifetime favorite, it was probably would be Lion in Winter. It's a good movie. I will say, I have watched the first 20 minutes of Hot Fuzz more than 700 times. <laughs> um, that's not an exaggeration either. Um, I've had insomnia since I was about 13. Um, and every night, you know, I get in bed, I might watch a half an hour of something, and then I turn on the DVD of Hot Fuzz every night. And because I've seen it so many times and I love the movie, I don't have to pay attention at all, and I fall asleep after about 20 minutes every night. Um, and I, you know, I tried all kinds of stuff to deal with insomnia. The doctor gave me prescriptions. I tried, you know, herbal remedies and all kinds of stuff. And watching the same thing every night fixed it. So yeah, I've seen the first twenty minutes of Hot Fuzz over seven hundred times. Now, since it puts you to sleep, does that really count as uh, your favorite movie? It's not. Eternal Sunshine is still my favorite movie. But you know, if it's on and I'm awake, I'll still watch Hot Fuzz. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was always the Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz just wasn't quite, quite the Shaun. I thought Hot Fuzz was good for what it was also, though. I, I think all his movies so far have been pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty funny, I have to admit. Although, oh. seeing him, he played more of a straight role, uh, you know, the straight man in, in Hot Fuzz than any of his others. Oh, Simon Pegg? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's let's wrap this up. Um all right, yeah, that was the end of Dawes' lost questions that we yes, Dawes' lost questions. Hopefully, we don't lose them again. Yeah, remember uh, the curse. Yeah. Um, remember, you can always follow Nor on Facebook and Twitter. The big news of the day will drop on Facebook, Twitter. We'll have more 
stuff, patches, stuff like that, server outages I've seen on our Twitter feed. Yeah. You know, Twitter is for, you know, short stuff that will annoy you if it happens on Facebook, and Facebook is for the big news. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter, Tundra, and the officers that contribute put a lot of work into it every month, or in the case of the months where I contribute, I put ten minutes of work into it. Um, but, you know... It's got a lot of great information, and quite frankly, I read it every month, even when I know I'm not going to be able to do anything that month. Yep, So it keeps you informed. Uh, the podcast, um, somehow, even though we haven't broadcast in nine months, we are still on iTunes. Uh, so you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us through the FeedBurner link on the forum with any other podcast manager. Um, it will work in literally all of them. Um, or you can download the MP3 directly from the, the forum page. Um, speaking of, always follow along with the forums. That's where the events are. Um, most games don't have decent calendars in them yet, shockingly. So the forums are still the best place to make, post, and monitor events happening in the guild. Plus, that's where you're going to find all the promotions and birthdays and trash-talking about how terrible unicorns are. <laughs> And uh, check That's out it. check out now. You gotta check out the the website. Oh, um, you know what? The reason I put that is because I got a PM from a guy the other day who was simply astonished to see that he had his own member profile on the roster. He had no idea, you know, with the ranks and the name and the years and the ribbons and the awards. He was, I think, he was quite happy to discover it. But it's like he's a member for a year and didn't know this was out there. It's he. It's it's pretty badass. Um. For a long time, the forum was my Norb bookmark. So I didn't even see the yeah. page. So I didn't realize you redesigned it because I was away from the forum for a while there. I didn't even realize you redesigned it until I saw your forum post about it. I'm like, oh, this is way better. <laughs> well, just in case you were unaware and you are listening to the podcast and you don't know that you have a roster profile, you do if you want to go check it out and see what's there. Um you actually have visuals of your awards and ribbons of all the games you've participated in. has a little bit of information about you as a member and, of course, your, your history with NOR. As up-to-date and accurate as it is at the moment, Tundra and me and several other people have been working for the last year updating that roster, trying to backdate it from old rosters that we're trying to integrate into the new system. Well, that's it for tonight. Um Thank you, Jara and Amaltis, for telling us all about Arcage. Um, it's a big game with lots of stuff to do, so thanks for breaking some of that down for us. Yeah, no problem. And we didn't even touch the surface of everything that there is, so we'll sneak in here every now and then and uh, get you some more info. Thanks to Lass and Tundra for, you know, being lords and being in charge <laughs> of us all. <laughs> That's what we're here for, being yeah, lords thanks, and lords. Yeah, yeah, just Lord, Lord, Lord. Senior Lord and Junior Lord. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, give me a Hail Nor, and we will say goodnight. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Good night.